everybody, and welcome to yet another session of our Speculate Special event on twitch.tv slash Elrond, Girl by Moonlight, Fractal Spire. I'm very excited to join you all. It has been a while, I'm sure. Your support of the Speculate uh, Patreon allows us to continue doing content like this on this channel. It allows us to continue paying our wonderful audio editor, Rudy Paso, and... Greater patronage of that Patreon allows us to potentially grow the amount of products that we're already doing on this channel and make better, more rewarding content uh, of the uh, games that we're presently playing. So if you want to uh, see other cool things uh, related to the world of Fractal Spire, we have Fick and uh, other world-building elements up on that Patreon. And if you want uh, GM prep and other preparatory elements of our other series, Court of Blades Valoward. Uh, you can find that on the Patreon as well, including updates about when our next session of Valoward will be coming up, because that's coming up very, very soon. Continue uh, supporting us there. I thank you so very much for supporting us there. Uh, and if you haven't, please consider supporting the Speculate Patreon. So, without further ado, while all of the other housekeeping notes suddenly vaporize from my brain, I am going to um, press some buttons where I suddenly interrupt all of these cool people, where they were probably, like, having some very meaningful conversation that I've just interrupted. Hello. Say hello to all the lovely people in chat, strange friends. Hello, strange friends. Hello. Hi, strange friends. Hello, strange friends. It is us, the strange friend. Yes. Um, I have missed you all terribly, and I'm very excited to get in shenanigans with you all. But before we get into those shenanigans, I would like you... To please tell all the lovely people in chat who you are, uh, what you do, and who you will be playing this evening, starting with Mike. Hey everybody, I'm Mike. I write as Michael R. Underwood. I'm a frequent fixture here. I stream at twitch.tv slash turbotango. Uh, this summer I've been reissuing my Geek Urban Fantasy series, which starts with Geekomancy, and I'm one of the three co-hosts of Speculate, along with Brandon and Greg. You can watch me as the Dancing Master, for Speculate's other series, Valorant, on YouTube at youtube.com slash and live this coming Friday the 19th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. I'm playing Vic Sains, the Guardian. He, him, pronouns for me, they, them, for Vic. Nice. Next, Valerie. Hello, friends. I am Valerie Valdez. She, her pronouns. I am the author of Chilling Effect Prime Deceptions and the newly released Fall Tolerance. Yay! It's out now. You can buy it. Uh, I stream as the kids are asleep and I am playing Nina Lopez, the unlikely hero. Thank you. Next, Yoi. I don't like how my name was emphasized. It promises bad things to come. But yes, I am Yoigo Wing Lin, he, they pronouns. I am a game and fiction writer, and tonight I am going to be playing Vermilion Jingwei Ruth, the outsider who is not here. Ah, mm, we're going to get to that very shortly, I'm sure. And last but not least, Yori. Happy time zone, friends. Kusuno Yori, I'm one of those they-thems. I am playing Cat Holly, the time traveler. She, her pronoun, pronouns for Cat for now. You may have noticed that I am modeling a great many Korikun in patches today, which are the local equivalent of Icy Hot. They are not paying me to shill for them, but they should be with how much money I spend on these. My muscles have betrayed me! 
If I fall off camera, it is because my neck has locked up. Ah! Hmm. Noted. I am yet praying for you. I hope that that does not happen. At least doesn't happen on camera. Um, I'm sure that would be very troubling to us all. But yes, I hope that you do feel better soon. And as for me, a reminder, uh, I am our humble stage manager this evening, Brandon O'Brien. Pronouns he, him, or they, them. I am also part of the Speculate Triumvirate alongside uh, Michael R. Underwood and Gregory A. Wilson. I will be the GM for this game. Uh, and I am playing in our, ne- our other Speculate game, Court of Blades Valorward, as a character ha- that I have yet to determine. But I am very excited to dig more into that as well, because we're playing on a Caribbean island where fruits can get you high. Um, so I'm very excited to see what happens there. I am here to get you all into some trouble, but first I need to descri- describe all of the trouble that you're already in. So, last time on Fractal Spire, you re-entered the dream uh, in an attempt to uh, save your friend, in scare quotes, Dice Calendrine. No. <laughs> Only to discover that he, Dice may have been tortured? By another uh, agent of the dream, who you all discover is Siobhan from Somnio, who just so happens to also be a teacher at Ilston High. And that is kind of weird, and the dream itself is also kind of weird in a this should feel very hospitable, but is also very troubling sense. And then Ruthless emerged without. Asking if anybody wanted to see Ruthless uh, first, and decided to uh, make a mess of the whole thing, which solves the problem of being attacked in the dream, but creates with it a whole manner of other problems, not least of which being that you have now left the dream and returned to Ruth's apartment. But Ruth isn't here. Ruthless is. And that's not supposed to happen. Also, something else may have escaped the dream as well, and that's going to be noteworthy at some point in the future as well, I'm sure. But for now, you are all presently in uh, Ruth's apartment, observing the fact that you have an unconscious Siobhan with you, and that all of you can actively see that Ruthless is still here, which is not only a thing that the dream isn't supposed to allow, but is obviously very problematic on its own because Ruthless has goals of their own. In fact, I should ask, Ruthless. Hi. Now that you're here. Yeah. What do you want? I want what I want when I want it. That, mm, that, that helps us all. But... Currently, uh, standing in the apartment, Ruthless is kind of looking around as if appreciating it for the first time, uh, because this is the first time they are standing in the apartment as Ruth would. So yeah, that's what she's doing while everyone's clamoring over the body of Siobhan. <laughs> mm-hmm. It should be very obvious as well, just... As an aside. Friend back, you jerk. <laughs> so, I will point out as a reminder that 
Siobhan is in a very peculiar state of unconsciousness. You know that Siobhan is alive, but her breathing has gotten quite a bit shallower since. And while it doesn't seem like she's getting pale or cold or anything like that, you are a brief... Like, if you do care at all, it does seem mildly bothersome that like, she may be entering a, a, a medical state that you might not be able to easily resolve on your own. While that's happening, while you're all aware of this, I would like... <laughs> First, I would like Mina to give me your obligation roll now. Am I rolling sun? Remind me... All right, I will get... Hold on, I have that page up. Because I was reading it to remember. Mm-hmm. If sun is rolled, your obligation involves scary people or circumstances or is physically taxing. If moon is rolled, your obligation breaks your heart and drives you to despair. If stars is rolled, your obligation puts you under social pressure or sets off your anxiety. So is this scary people or circumstances? Or is this anxiety? I mean, with Nina Lopez, it's always anxiety. I was going to say, she lives in a perpetual state of anxiety, to be clear. But in this particular instance, which is which is it fear or anxiety? Mm-hmm. I would say Ruthless is a scary person. But again, you know the nature of the, of the obligation at the present time. Mm-hmm. So I would like you very much to give me... A star's roll. Okay. You can do it. I have no dots in stars. So, as I recall, that means I roll two d6 and take the lowest? Is that... Mm -hmm. uh, And then I take stress equal to six minus the die result. Mm -hmm. So let's see what happens. Because... What was Nina's stress when we left off? Oh, zero, so that's okay. Nina can handle some stress. Mm Mm-hmm, sure. We also clear stress at the end of a mission. So we're all at zero right now. Cool. Mm -hmm. Here we go. 2d6 for stress. So that's a one and a five. So Nina takes five stress right now. Yeah. (laughs) Nina Nina is deeply overwhelmed. By the entirety of this situation, Nina is basically back against the wall, looking at the various people in the room. And let's see, who is Nina looking at? First, Nina sees Dice, Calandrine, who is responsible for her being put in a hole for a long time, in a nightmare. And while she has forgiven him in her heart, the rest of her body is still responding with adrenaline, for good reason. Two, we have a dead body? No, wait, she's still breathing. But for how long? What are we going to do with this? And three, where is Ruth? And why is Ruthless in the real world? This is very inappropriate. Porcelain crystal dolls, Swarovski figures should not exist in our reality. So Nina is now going to have a breakdown. Mm-hmm. To um, be the dead body, well, the coma body, yeah. is kind of full of glitter. Yeah, yeah. But we can't even seek proper medical attention. First of all, where did the glitter come from? Second of all, glitter gets everywhere. You can't clean that stuff up, even with a vacuum. Nina's really going through it. Um, She is very freaking out right now. (laughs) 
which is a lot because I'm gonna add to that. I'm very sorry. Ruthless. Hi. I'd like you to tell me something. And by tell me something, I'd like you to tell Nina something. What do you feel about Nina's capacity? Do you feel that Nina is a capable person? I think Nina can do what Nina can do. So when I see Nina fall back against, uh, I'm going to say maybe the doors of the wall closet and go into hyperventilation town. Uh, if you are going into hyperventilation town, uh, Nina, I don't know if that is something that you are doing. Ruthless kind of blinks out of the reverie of looking around Ruth's room and says, This is Ruth's apartment. None of you have been here. Dice, if you will take the body to the couch, I presume you know what that is, uh, I will make Nina tea. Nina, how does it feel to be pampered right now? Nina is box breathing. <laughs> oh, Nina, uh, Nina one time saw a therapist because it's not covered by her insurance, and they taught her how to box breathe, and that was it. That was all she got from, from her half an hour session. This world sucks so much. Just like the real one. Is this what we call escapism? I'm so sorry. Um... Nina, uh, your phone is buzzing. She, what time is they, it? She takes it. I don't know what time is it. When, when did we get back? I think it. we left at like 3 a.m., I think, or something. Some really horrifying hour. Yeah. Is it 6 a.m. now? It's like half five okay. in the morning. That's just when her alarm goes off. It's her alarm, unless someone's calling her. Give me a one die 14 year old. That's a three? Someone is calling you. Okay, Nina just stares at her phone in, in utter incomprehension. Does she know who the, the caller is based on the caller ID? It is... <laughs> in order to save yourself the time of being called from any phone within Rapido, you have every, every phone number, every phone number attached to every phone in Rapido saved uh, on your phone. This is like okay. some... Like... Lower level secondary careers number. They would okay. only call you if they needed you to take over their shift or if you were both working on something and now you need to take responsibility for the thing that you were both working on. And so now she is rapidly running through her memories to attempt to remember if there is something that she is supposed to be working on with this person because if not, she might not pick up right now because she is totally freaking out. She's, she's, she's legitimately thinking about not answering the phone. And in the time that it takes her to think about not answering the phone, it goes to voicemail. And now she's freaking out about not having picked up the phone. Because what if it was important? You have one voicemail. <laughs> she listens to the voicemail. The voicemail starts with 8 to 11 seconds of what sounds like a truck being stuck on the highway. And then you hear a deep feminine voice go, You have to be kidding me, right? Pick up the phone, please. Click. Oh. They do not immediately call you back. 
she looks around the apartment. What is everybody else doing? And she, she, okay. If 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 everybody else is just kind of milling about trying to do, she will she will climb into the nearest closet um, or the bathroom if it's closer. I'm she'll, going. To- she'll open the nearest door. What is the closest door? Do you want me to fortune roll this? It's up to you, Brandon. We're in, Ruth, we're in Ruth's apartment. Ruth and Ruthless know the, the layout better than I can pretend. Okay, literally the closest door. What is it from where she's standing? Well, I'm, I said you were backed up against the wall closet, so you're closest to the wall closet. So she, she goes into the closet. <laughs> you step on two duffel bags <laughs> and also fall into a bunch of like clothes hanging from hangers and stuff. Okay. She closes the closet door as best she can from the inside and calls the person back. Wait, are you really going to call them back right now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> she is not sane, friends. This is not a good situation for her. She is making bad life choices. <laughs> the phone rings twice. And then someone answers. And they immediately go, Where are you? Didn't you get an email or a phone call from dispatch like six hours ago? No. No. What? Where are you? I am in a place. (laughs) Yes, people tend to be located in physical arrangements. Like, you have space-time coordinates. I get that. What I want to know is where... You were supposed um, to be on the road but half an I hour ago. didn't get any information about that, so I couldn't be on the road, and I don't know who was supposed to tell me to be on the road, but I didn't get that information. <laughs> she is like, oh god, is it in my email? Oh god, I haven't checked my email. <laughs> oh god. Um, so the person on the other end says, I'm going to assume that you are telling me the truth when you say that you didn't get anything from Dispatch at all. Here's the problem. Dispatch won't care. Dispatch is going to wonder why you didn't reply to them. Or me. Nina, Nina thumps her head against the wall of the closet. So I'm just going to anticipate meeting you on the highway at some point. I will send you my location. Have a good day. Click. Ruthless, did you see Nina go into that uh, closet? I think Ruthless was making tea. (laughs) Yes. I ushered everybody out and also told them to please take off their shoes and leave them in the foyer. We do not want to track dirt into the apartment. And basically waited outside the closet door, (laughs) hearing Nina thump her head against the interior. I guess after you thump it, thump the inside of the door like three times, Ruthus opens the closet door. Nina and screams. Like, <laughs> I think you need tea now. What kind of tea is it? Probably something not caffeinated. Is there an herbal tea that Nina likes to drink that Ruth would have made for her before? <laughs> I feel like Nina is a caffeination person. So, um, it probably, it, it would just be whatever Ruthless thought was appropriate for the situation. <laughs> okay. What would the 
what's the usual tea that you have with Ruth? Probably like a, a mate chai. Mm-hmm. I was thinking the same. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Ruthless looks down at Nina and says, I think you need a tea. Mate chai, correct? I... I... I have to go. Then you can take it for the journey. I don't know how to... I don't know where we are, and I don't know where my van is, and I don't know how to get to my van, and I am in trouble? We'll figure it out. Tea first. And Ruthless holds out a hand to you. I don't know you. Where is my friend? Ruthless smiles at you very gently and kindly and says, he's in a better place. While while that reaction is taking place, Vic, can I have an obligation roll from you? I would like you to roll Moon. Yeah, all of my stats are two at this point, so they're all the lowest and highest. (laughs) Uh, So so I'm going to roll 2d6, but because I have two, I'm going to roll 2d6 and I'm going to keep the higher. So I got a two and a three, so I keep the three. Six minus three is three, um, which mm-hmm. is not quite so bad. Not quite so bad. So, um, do you remember David Nettleford, the kid on the train that you saw that one time on your way to work? Uh, if that's the kid from the beginning of episode two, yes. Mm-hmm. David, is David in any of your classes? I can't remember if we qualified that. I don't recall. Yes, actually. Yes, they are. Uh, uh, he is in one of your classes. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there was a different student who is not in Vic's classes, mm-hmm. that, so I was getting confused. Yes, so was I. Do you have a way of communicating with most of your students, like, when you're not in school? I think there is like an official like text chain or maybe a sponsored texting app that is for official school communication where there is like a class by class thread for for that stuff. And then Vic has the contact information of students to reach out to them individually if needed, which is probably supposed to also be done through that app, but mm-hmm. Vic does not. Mm-hmm. I imagine you have a second phone specifically for this purpose. Right. There's there's work phone, revolution phone, and before too long, there may also be a dream night's phone, which is at least one too many phones. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. I so know they're going to hot swap. They're going to get good at hot swapping sims. <laughs> so... It is actually very early at this point in time, but chances are, especially if you're traveling particularly out of the range of the Tri-Cities to get to Ilston High, uh, you'd have to get up around this time of the day if you wanted to get dressed and eat and not miss the train without like having to freak out in one flurry of half an hour uh, frustration. So you kind of understand it when you realize that you have gotten 
a ping on your phone that is the specific uh, message time of that uh, school-specific uh, messaging app. Do you check your phone? Yeah, I think while uh, the Nina stuff has been happening, Vic went with Dice and has been trying to um, get some kind of response from Janet and like talking back and forth with Dice that we can flash back to as necessary and kind of gets the ping and looks at the looks at the notification real quick just to just gauge what level of urgency it is. It is an image share of a school letterhead document that David puts in his classroom chat um, with the caption, WTF is this question mark, exclamation point, ex- exclamation point, question mark. Um, I would like you to roll to see something about the document. Okay. I, I can do... Perceive or analyze are both one at this point. Analyze would be best given the circumstances that will follow. Um, You can also... I can also treat what will follow as a consequence that you are attempting to resist. Namely, being able to see what's on the document before it becomes deleted. I can give you the resistance or that analyze. Both of them fit thematically for me. So, mechanically, I'm more likely to roll higher as a resistance, because I I will roll two dice regardless. Mm -hmm. But going to resistance means likely taking stress. Indeed. What what is the... um, is Is there a mechanical disadvantage to rolling as an action, other than the fact that I have fewer dice? Um, I don't understand why this should be both an action roll or a resistance roll. Right, yes, you are correct. Like, this is definitely... Say, yeah. If you want to say, uh, as, a, like, as a fiat consequence, it disappears before you can notice it, but this is something you can resist, then I'm happy to go with that. I mean, right, it is going to delete, is going to delete uh, uh, very quickly, but... I do think, actually, now that you clarified that for me, it is definitely an action, because there is an attached consequence that you will have to deal with anyway, because of your three. Sure. Okay, yeah, then I will roll Analyze. Mm-hmm. Your position is risky. Your effect is standard. And I'm going to roll 1d6, because that's how many I have in Analyze. Mm-hmm. I don't think, after having taken some stress, I want to put other resources into that this just yet. I rolled a three. Right. You see it. You see that it's an official Aylston High School uh, letterhead. Um, You see that it's been signed from the principal. It is deleted. You get the impression by the amount of lines on the document that it was a reprimand of some sort, but you didn't get to see what it was um, by the time it was gone. Then you get another ping immediately from the same app. And the notifications bar on your phone lets you know that it is from J-A-H-S admin. Alright, I'll take a look at that one. If the Stephen mind is getting disciplined, there's a good chance that I'm going to get copied on it, right? I mean, yes, there's uh, an equally high chance, as this message eventually confirms, that administration has uh, given you the responsibility of ensuring that when you get uh, on the premises... 
that uh, Mr. Nettleford is in fact reprimanded at your earliest convenience before end of school day. It doesn't ask. It doesn't come with a a complimentary close. It just tells you, deal with it. And then that's that's the whole message. Um, Okay, so it doesn't say it doesn't say what I'm doing, like what specifically I'm supposed to do and what or why. Nope. Okay. You get the impression, you get the impression by the tone of the message that uh, admin expected you to know why. Oh, well, uh, that's their problem, not mine, because one of the ways that malicious compliance can be, fall- can be applied is by obsessively following the rules. And so Vic quickly te- texts back, uh, I'm not able to uh, administer this um, uh, this reprimand if I don't know the uh, the offense, if I don't have documentation of uh, the offense and or what I am supposed to do. Please, uh, please clarify <laughs> and, and shoot it right back. Someone is typing and then stops. Someone is typing for like 20 seconds. And then you just get, please stop by the principal's office before you begin classes this morning. You will receive your clarification there. The tone obviously sounds less, like, genuine and specific and more, like, uniquely, like, cruelly judgmental. But you, you're accustomed to this at this point. That's that's a problem for... Vic of at least 60 minutes from now. Um, so Vic t- um, responds, understood, and then puts the phone away. Okay. There's a zillion things I would want to be doing, but I'm happy to kind of jump around the scene uh, at you like, because Vic has like things to tell people, things to ask people and stuff like that, but I don't want to break the flow if it's not the right time. No, there. you, you said, you just reminded me that there's a thing that I want... Um to happen for you. Before I get to that, I just want to ask uh, Kat very briefly, what attribute do you have the least dots in? Well, friend Brandon, you're going to have a few different things to pick from here. Uh Because I have zero dots in. Defy, empathize, perceive, and flow. (laughs) I see. That means there is a no-dot ability in all three categories, and you can take your pick to ruin Cat's day. Mm-hmm. Um, to clarify, I'm not asking about skills. I'm asking about attributes. What do you have no skills in between sun, moon, and stars? Or the least skills in? Ooh. Okay, we've got at least one skill in everything, but sun is our weakest. Uh-huh. Only one skill in sun. Aha. Uh-huh. Noteworthy. Um, I will get to you in a moment, but ruthless... Um, what do you notice about Vic in the moment when Vic, uh, responds to their phone? Is this a gather information role, or...? Uh, if you gather information, I will give you more, but, uh, if there is a thing that you already idly glean just from witnessing that scene, we can move on that as well. Just, this is just a sense of how you are personally assessing Vic in this moment, or your relationship with Vic in this moment? I can see that Vic is handling a crisis 
in a way that continues to be different from how Euphony would handle a crisis. And Ruthless prefers how Vic handles crises. Okay, do you tell them that? No, why would I? Note it. Okay, I'll keep that well in mind. Um, right, uh, Cat, uh, please give me an obligation roll with Sun. Two dice take the lowest? You said you had one, right? Uh, yeah. Right, you will be rolling one die. That's a three! Aha! Uh-huh. To qualify this in this moment, as we transition from the apartment to other places and other times, I would like you to tell me, Kat, in this apartment, what looks like either the messiest or the most unwieldy thing in this apartment. Uh, Ruthless, you're also allowed to qualify this because you do live here, but Kat, what stands out to you in this moment as a big mess? I think what would stand out to Kat immediately is when you guys entered the room, it was Ruth's bedroom. And on top of the long low dresser against one of the walls, is a series of rows of funeral tablets that are set up um, in a configuration that looks a lot like a family tree. That's the most unwieldy, most out-of-place thing in the apartment. I was going to say that the messiest thing is actually our fault, it's the shoe pile at the door, because when we kicked those off, we were kind of in a panic, and we did not bother to put things neatly in pairs and rows. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of these things are actually very useful to me. I just want to clarify, Ruthless, what do you mean by tablets? So they are tall wooden placards that are stood up, uh, right. and on the front of them are calligraphed names and sometimes dates in characters. And so there's just a series of them on top of the dresser. Mm-hmm. Kat, you notice both of these things. Which gets your attention first? The shoes. She's been here before. She's seen the tablets before. Uh-huh. Wait, no, she hasn't. No one knows Those yeah. are where Ruth lived. Yeah, you... Sorry, yeah. continue the error. <laughs> Okay, cool. So, you notice the shoes, and I'm going to use those shoes to just kind of idly cut forward in time to roughly around 4 p.m. later today at Somnium, where, like, the transition is literally, we are watching these piles of shoes, and specifically how to what seem to be very fancy dress shoes that seem that they haven't been worn in a while uh, that are resting very neatly next to this pile so they're obviously either either they're Ruth's or they've been in this apartment before whether Ruth wears them or not and the camera just settles on those shoes and then just kind of fades idly as we as we watch a similar pair of shoes on a rain-slick, very wet uh, street 
that we later realize as we continue to pan out is uh, the street literally outside Somnio, where you notice Emily, um, your fellow main operator of Somnio, having an argument with someone in a limousine who has thrown their expensive black gator dress shoes out into the rain. Emily seems very intensely either annoyed or saddened. And you get the impression that someone is shouting, but you can't tell who. Because you can't really hear what they're saying from where you are inside the store. What time is it? It's like four in the afternoon. No one's supposed to be so here. They're not unless even they're, open yet. Yeah, unless they're dropping something off, making some like business level transaction, or uh, here to help you set up for the evening. They're not supposed to be here. Pat goes to the door and shouts for Emily. Give me a perceiver. Oh, the thing I don't have any dots in. Ah, yes, lovely. Your position is desperate and your effect is standard. <gasps> Five and a one. Ah, ooh, cool. You don't notice the thing. It still sounds like a thing is happening that you can't really interpret or make much sense of. And then you notice uh, Emily turn to you and say, uh, One minute, I'll be with you in a minute. Then turns back to the uh, turns back to the limo. Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. How did you get the capital necessary to set up Somnia? She just works there, so that's a question for whoever actually owns it. Uh huh. It's been there for at least about six years since she started working there. Mm-hmm. Um. So Emily's been there longer than you have. Perhaps. Mm -hmm. But Emily is also not the owner. It is managed by a larger corporation that has multiple different levels of hostess bar, girls bar, casual bar around Cloud Harbor. Aha. Uh Aha. -huh. Uh -huh. That answers those questions for me. Cool. Emily and the person in the limousine talk again for another minute. You see another pair of very expensive shoes fly out the window. They're not being they thrown. Have they're just pairs, but like, it's not my problem. <laughs> they're not being thrown so much as just like being tossed out. And Matt has worked in this industry for several years. People with money are weird. She's learned this. She's sort of stopped giving shits about trying to work out their motives. Mm-hmm. Emily continues talking. You notice Emily shift a bit as if reaching into, like, uh, one of her pockets for something. But you don't know what, because that's facing the limo. And then she waves goodbye at whoever is in the limo. The limo drives away without even waiting for her to step away from it. And she picks up the two pairs of shoes off the floor and walks back in the shop. Emily, Shuhan was on the phone about the order you put in the other day, and I couldn't answer them because you put the order in. Can you call them back? They uh, hung up while I was waiting for you. 
Oh, right. Uh, I will I will get on that as soon as possible. Thank you for letting me know. Um, let me just... Uh, I just need to... Add, like, you can tell that Emily is very flustered as she just kind of walks away from you towards uh, the lounge in the back where she disappears for several minutes. Give me a one-die fortune roll. That's a four. Okay, cool. You hear a vehicle speeding down the street again as if coming from the opposite direction that this the limo previously left from. That's not particularly rare and therefore it's not my problem. Okay. There is um, always some dick face revving his engine outside. Cool. Give me another fortune roll. This time it's two dice. Are we taking the lower? No, no. Uh, both of these are valuable. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a one and a three. Bucks. Where? Where are you standing? Behind the counter, wiping down. Is it possible? To see the counter from the door, if the door is open. If the door is open, yes, but there are no windows in Somnio. Aha, uh-huh. is the door is the door open or did Emily close the door? No. Okay, cool. Closed it behind and us because we don't want anyone getting the wrong idea about what hours were open. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. You hear a loud thump against the door. We're not going to be open for another two hours. Tack goes and locks the door. Duly noted. Sometime later that evening, uh, just as that evening's work is about to begin, patrons will file in. Several of your fellow co-workers will arrive uh, to begin uh, their evening's work. And one of them, Fleur, will walk in with a wet shoebox gesture at Emily uh, with the shoebox uh, in her hands and then continue with it uh, into the lounge. You won't find out uh, until long after you have finished your shift and gone back home that night that that shoebox has two and a half feet of rusted chain in it and a postcard that, uh, uh, like a Las Vegas postcard that on the other end just has in large purple Sharpie. Make sure they know as soon as possible. You have no idea what any of those things mean, and you're home now. So the only, the only way that you can find out is to have to message or call Emily. Not my circus, not my clowns. I forget. Um, I have Dice's phone number though, don't I? You do. Do you want to call Dice? No. No. No, I'm not going to call Dice. I'm going to text him. No. What kind of absolute barbarian dude you think I am? I'm not going to phone someone. And I'm especially not going to phone a man at two in the morning. Noted. Um, (laughs) What do you have? What, like, what what, what do you text Dice? Yo, I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, you're not. Cat does start this conversation by writing, hey, you up? <laughs> and it's just the letter U. She does not spell the word. First message, dot, dot, dot. Second message. Wait, what? 
Oh, good. You are up. No, this I'm not. Means... Mm, mm, mm. She sends three little angry steamy face emojis. Oh, You're up enough to reply. And that means I have questions for you. Oh, Lord. What do you need? <laughs> How did Siobhan... Wait, no. Yes, Janet. Wait, fuck. You, you <laughs> Too know... Too many names. You know her as Siobhan. Yes. Mm -hmm. How did Siobhan take you into the dream? Very long pause as Dice does not reply until he, uh, until he finally texts. I don't know, I was out. I think she drugged me? Question mark, question mark. Long pause... Wait, no, she must have hit me over the head. That's where that blood is from, exclamation point. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's our boy. <laughs> Your boy. <laughs> Why do you ask? Well, obviously, I do have some investment in making sure it doesn't happen again. Which it kind of seems like it might... Just, as in do to you me? have a plan? Do you have a plan? No punctuation marks. <laughs> I'm flattered. And the, uh, he adds the emoji of the smiling face surrounded by hearts. <laughs> and then he follows with a second message. But plans are for people who don't have fists. And he put fists in capital, in all caps. Cat sends back the emoji of the cat doing the Edward Munch scream. <laughs> nice. And then he, he replies, uh, for real though, um, I think I should be fine. I really feel like we should be just, you know, putting you in a safe house right now. Not that I have a safe house, but you get my point. Uh, noted. I can lay low if you need me to. I have... Some folks I can stay by. I don't need you to. You need you to. Um. But he literally types um as, a, as, as its own message and then follows up with, I think we are in disagreement about how, how incapable I am of taking care of myself, but I get it. Cat writes back, People who needed me to rescue them don't get to say that. Touché. I'll stay out of town for a bit, but if you need anything more... Well, I guess you have a hostage for that, question mark, question mark. Let me know if... Uh, Janet gives you anything noteworthy. I mean, Siobhan. Um, something? I Anyway. Uh, yeah... Uh, tell Ruth I said hi when he gets back? Question mark, question mark, question mark. In his body? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Okay, I'm leaving now. Bye. If you don't take care of, like, the last message Kat sends him is, if you don't take care of yourself, Ruth's going to be pretty mad. Sad face emoji. She doesn't get the sad face emoji yet. She puts her phone in airplane mode. 
that sad face emoji will come back to her in the morning. (laughs) Delightful. The theme music for Speculate is Yellow Wood by Greg's band The Road. Find out more at www.thebandtheroad.com. Hi, everyone. If you've enjoyed what we've been doing here on Speculate and you've been thinking to yourself, where can I get more role-playing in my life? Can I recommend arvanelleron.com, A-R-V-A-N-E-L-E-R-O-N.com, where you can check out the Curse of Strahd podcast. This, set in the world of Ravenloft, is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition campaign, which has been running for a long time with a similar group of players, and which has been both a lot of fun and I think you will find enjoyable. If you like it, please let us know both there and over here. You can subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, and many other fine podcast providers. Thanks, and we'll see you over there.